in a world in crisis. Can three idiots find hope in the darkest of places? Will love conquer all, or will hate win out in the end? This is a show called Hate. Welcome to A Show Called Hakes, a podcast in which we explore love, hakes, and everything in between in search of greater meaning and perhaps a little perspective. I'm John. I'm Nick. And... That's the end of that oh. roundup. That's the cast of characters. That is the great uh, register at the beginning of class. The thing is, like, I'm past being disappointed. You might be. Mm. But the scuttlebutt I've heard is uh, the Queen's died. Um, Bury the lead. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And the second greatest national tragedy <laughs> is that people think this show is falling apart. That's what I've heard. People think this is. People think that th- th- we can't hold it together. We can't get three people in the same room once every two weeks just to make a show. Second I... biggest, maybe first biggest national tragedy. Now, in in this time of division, yes, uh, we're and grief m- and hard. We're more fragmented than ever. Uh, than ever. Know. Um. I think it's very. I, I'm using the we in like a kind of broad, generic sense. I'm not assigning any blame no. to the people in this room. Um, where was I going with that? Yeah. Now, I don't want to add fuel to these rumors. No, no, no. But if we were, say, imagine a hypothetical different podcast. Yes. Where thirty-three uh, percent of what made that show tolerable. Yeah. Um, just decided not to turn up mm. more times than not. <laughs> uh, um, I, I'd be thinking to myself, what's going on? This show's falling apart. Yeah. What's going is. on behind the scenes that we don't know about? But because, as you say, because the percentage isn't quite what you have outlined there, 30%, 33% is generous, I'd say, for Chris. Um <laughs> And I think and this is this is my way, I think, of putting everyone's minds at ease. Yeah. <laughs> so, because, <laughs> because he really doesn't carry that much. No. So, it, <laughs> yeah, so sorry. Uh, imagine a hypothetical podcast. Yeah, okay. Where maybe 8.5% of what made... <laughs> maybe less. <laughs> of what made that show great. Yeah. Uh, just didn't, didn't just turn didn't, up. Didn't yeah. turn up. Yeah. I'd like to... I, I don't want to pick sides. And I don't. I don't want to put anybody. I think it's very clear which side we're, we're on. The side that shows up. We're on the side of entertainment. Exactly. Yeah. The show comes first. Um. So I'm not picking sides. No. Said that a lot. C- certainly not ascribing blame to any party that isn't in this room. No, right certainly now. not. No. Um. But if I were to put myself in the shoes of the listeners, and I'd like the listeners to do the same, put themselves in our shoes. Yes. Uh, imagine what it's like for us. Yeah. Exactly. When when we're informed that uh, this coming Thursday isn't good and uh, the one two weeks after isn't good. Yeah, that's the that's the most recent uh, bullshit, I'm going to say, that we've had to put up with. It's not so much, hey, guys, sorry, something's come up, can't do, can't do tonight. That, that happens to all of us. It's the, hey, guys, sorry, can't do tonight and also two weeks from now. <laughs> can't do it, mate. <laughs> this is in many ways um, the same... When I hear this from Chris Ray, mm. um, I think of a, a very different real life scenario oh. where he applied his same 
particular logic to timekeeping and schedules. Okay. Which is where when we when I went on a, a lad's holiday. Ah, uh, to Albufeira. To Albufeira. Yeah. And um, stuff happened on a night out, which mm. Chris Ray had some involvement in. And no memory of. And no memory of. <laughs> um, but we had arranged in our sober hours to go to a water park oh, the that's following right. morning. Yes. And the coach was arriving at nine. Now, come the morning, he was... He was not happy about this. No, uh, quite. That's probably an understatement. Quite vocal in yeah. his in his lack of happiness, and um, I believe saying and and you know it's hard to argue with the great thinkers, uh, but I do remember him saying, "Why didn't you order it, the coach now, yeah. to arrive an hour later? Ah. Then I could have had an extra hour in bed." And it's really hard to know what to say. That I uh, mean, <laughs> it's basically a perfect argument. Because he would have had, he would have had an extra hour of sleep, John. Yes. If you had arranged this to be an hour later, he would have had that. But you see, my uh, weak, the weak foundations of my logical argument were, mm. the coach is outside now. <laughs> um, it's it's here now. It doesn't care about your feelings. The driver appears to be quite frustrated. Mm. We all agreed in the harsh light of day <laughs> that this is when we wanted the coach to be here. Mm. And we paid the man for... That and and to happen. be honest, John, those arguments are great. They're not bad. But they really just, they don't hold up against, I would have had an extra hour of sleep had you booked it an hour I later. And, and he would, he the thing is, that's objective fact. He would have done. He no. would have had that extra hour. These are the words of a perpetual um, bargainer. Here's a, man, here's a man who's always trying to, uh, try and find a way, trying to find a way around it. And that's how they get it? you. Because yeah, yeah. we try and argue with that. Uh, and, and by the time we, we, we meet him, we meet. We get in the room with him. It's already two. He's already won. He's already won. Yeah, yeah. I know. And uh, we we've decided to make a stand. You know, we're not going yeah. to. This is a, um, this episode's a protest episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not going to. Um, you know, there was there was bargaining being discussed. There was like, why don't we do it next week? Yeah, why don't we do it next week? Um, maybe we should do it. Tell you why. I want to play cards next week. That's why. Uh, well, we also did say. Uh, you know. Um, I can't do Thursday this week, and we were like, um, "Okay, well, um, we're we're heading off to a convention on Friday, so we can't do Friday. But are there any other days? We'll quite happily reschedule." And he's yeah. like, "No, I'm not available on any other day as well." Um, it's it's usually less an issue that he can't do Thursday, and it's usually more an issue that he can't do it at all, and doesn't want to, and hates both of us, hates the show, hates the listeners, and doesn't want any part of the fucking sordid affair. That's what it is. I mean, I could play those vo- those voicemails. You could. I mean, God oh. knows. It's at least the length of an episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even I have limits. I, mm. I think... Um, the problem is, if you play those voicemails, and I've heard some of those voicemails, and if you play them, we'll come around to his point of view. I know. The best ch- chance we have is to not listen to those voicemails. And it's also, I, I think, um, some of the most insidious, um, biting words you can receive are the ones which are, on the surface level, uh, very polite. Mm. Like there's no there's no swearing. No. Uh, there's no kind of demeaning um, terms. No. Uh, you know, uh, no uh, you know type of person. No no race is being no, uh, no, kind indeed. of denigrated. You know, uh, it's very polite language that you wouldn't be afraid to hear at say six p.m. on BBC Two on a Sunday. Yes. However, 
he does manage to be very overtly racist um and um there's it's actually quite hard to to, to work out what race he's so angry at yeah. uh, in those moments uh the, the hate is is quite it's, um, it's weird because it feels both very racist towards a, a a large proportion of the human race but also very personal to just you or me whoever's listening at the time yeah. it's usually you or me to be honest um but i i feel somehow both simultaneously attacked but also I feel like part of a greater majority or minority even yeah. who are also being affected by his words. And I don't know how he does that. It's he, quite remarkable. He can be very cruel when he's sober. <laughs> it's true, he can. Yeah. It's true, yeah. I, think, I mean, um, the, the, real, the real burden here is not, is not, is not Miss Carey. Uh, it's, no? how, it's how on earth do we keep this show current and topical? When he's our everyman, yeah, and he well, knows he knows he is, and also to use to use uh, just shine a, a light on present day events. Um, uh, the last episode, no, I'm 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 basically the queen has died. Yes, and <laughs> bury the lead. <laughs> uh, the, the queen has died and will be no. The queen died in the week that the last episode came out. Yes, she will be buried. Before this episode comes out, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. So we're yeah. in this nether space where the, the the whole of the country is arguably in this weird nether space at yes. the moment. Yeah, so, but somebody's gonna be listening to this now, mm. next week, and go, "Oh my god, the Queen of England has died." Yeah, how can I pay my respects? And it will be too late because it will she, be. she'll, yeah, I mean, this has happened. Yeah, what you're saying that some people are going to find out for the first time that the Queen of England has died from our podcast. Yeah. It'd be like us trying to break, we're trying to, you know, break the news, you know. If, if any of you good listeners learn about the Queen of England's death from this podcast, I would love for you to leave a comment on the, on the Facebook page or anywhere you can leave. A, I would love to know that we, for once, provided cutting edge information for you. I mean, it's more of a reflection on you, really, that you didn't know about it and that you came to us for any sort of like up to date news. Yeah. But I'd love to know that it was that it was us that told you because I'm pretty sure and this is a bold claim, but I'm pretty sure that everyone who has access to any sort of news media or a smartphone knows about this. It's getting to a point now where it isn't if you putting putting this wonderful bit aside, like <laughs> we're now uh what day is it now? It's a Thursday. Yes. So we're a week out yes a week on from her passing a whole away. week on can you imagine living in in this country or frankly anywhere on the planet now and not being aware in this country in particular there's yeah especially there's yeah. literally no way like because i think every shop i've been into since her death and today has had a poster in the window all black with a picture of the queen's face very tasteful yeah. very tasteful but, but yeah usually sellotape to a bit of glass first one i saw was spec savers i believe very very yeah. tasteful very respectful yeah. yeah um just says you know our sympathies uh and then like her name and her the age the dates of her reign you know and it's like you can't, yeah you can't go anywhere without seeing that poster. i would be fascinated i would i would love to know I, how would we know? It'd be impossible now. But not through, like, you're not actively trying to ignore it. What if you've had a busy week? You don't really listen to the news. Like, you've had your head down in a couple of projects, you know. Yeah. 
you just go to get milk. Maybe like you turn you turn your head at the wrong moment. You just walk past for commemorative. You don't see the poster. Yeah, yeah. Be fascinating. That. Yeah, because my phone pinged with a head like headline, and it's like you like a push notification. It's like the Queen has died. It's just said that. Uh, no, <laughs> and I was like, what's that from? That's not from an app. That wasn't from a news app. I don't have any news apps on my phone. What? It just happened. My phone just told me. What? Do you think there was like an app just built into the iPhone? Like <laughs> the, the, the Royal app. Bloatware. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was just, it, I, at the top of it just said, you know, like crown.exe. And then, <laughs> and then underneath <laughs> Crowner. It, <laughs> swipe right. <laughs> Your favourite Royals. Um, yeah, just found out. My phone just told me. That's weird. Mm. What a world, though. The thing is, I'm currently rocking a, a BlackBerry One. Yeah. And uh, let me tell you, did not find out about it on that platform. No. I've only just learned how to take a screenshot. <laughs> it is <laughs> not, an like, in, not an intuitive device. Seven by seven pixels. <laughs> uh, it looks a lot like a house brick. Yes. Mm. Uh, arguably a little less aesthetically appealing mm. than a house brick. But it's got a keyboard, I guess. So. The worrying part is that my actual phone... Uh, which apparently does just have a dead ass screen now. Okay, uh, is has is and has been sitting uh, in the uh, phone fixer man's um, footwell of- office <laughs> pond uh, for um, a few weeks ago. Oh, didn't bother go get it. Uh, well, it's, it's also, you just love this. Uh, I keep checking in on him occasionally, mm. uh, and then he's like, his he he he's a computer man. Oh, okay. But then he's like, my phone man, I think, has gone on holiday. Oh, so he has, like, a smaller man inside yeah. his sort of hovel. Yeah, and and I'm, uh, maybe I'm just becoming, I have, like, Stockholm Syndrome with the Blackberry now, because <laughs> I'm, like, I'm surviving. Mm-hmm. So with each passing day, uh, it's becoming... You're getting more and more connected to it. It's becoming less of a priority mm-hmm. for me to go and get that phone. But I am paying for it, so I think it would be wise probably to go get, get it. it. Yeah. yeah, probably should, yeah. Yeah, we're getting to that point. Well, the thing is, we're also we're working this weekend. We're away. That's true. So I'm like, oh, it's no, I can't do it before. There's no point. I'll have to do it when I get back. And then you're suddenly into another week. Yeah, so. and then you're busy. And yeah, before you know it, you've <laughs> What can you do? <laughs> and he's not going to be open on... You know, the Queen's well, he's got to be respectful, you see. Yeah, I'm sure he's got a poster in his window. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I felt that way about you know the GB surgery, but you know, no, they need the insulin more than I do. They yeah, can shut the that's door. true. Yeah, yeah. 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 My inhaler, uh, though empty, uh, I like suck on the sort of spout, and I get a little bit of the drug I need to live and breathe. No one talks about the scrapings, like you know, if you, I know, right. If you crack open old Ventolin conta- uh, containers, there's, there's maybe... There's uh, scrapings in there. Yeah, there's a little bit of a puff the, in there. The inside of the, the cylinder that's pressurised, you know, a bit of it condenses on the outside stick. You, know, you, you cut the top off with a hacksaw. It's very sharp, the metal of mm. that. Jam your tongue down. You'll cut your tongue. But I need to breathe, right? Yeah. So, you know, which is it? It's like descaling a kettle. Yeah, you with know, your tongue. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, a bit of vinegar, you know. Bit of vinegar down, in the, down the tube. Stick yeah. your tongue down. Swell it around. Now you've got a nice uh, anti-cough... Um, yeah, just drink, sharp, just sharp drink. drink. That. Yeah, it's like vinegar. But you have to, you can't drink. You have to inhale it. That's oh, the of course, thing. yeah, yeah. So just inhale. Swill that, the lungs. That vinegar, swill the lungs. Swill exactly. the lungs. Swill yeah. the lungs. I'm pretty sure is an asthmatic medical term. Mm. And you know, I'm fine mm. to do that because, of course, the doctor surgery and hospitals and food banks and the, all the important uh, services, police, ambulance, fire, they'll all be closed for respect for the queen. So, uh, you know, as I lacerate my tongue in order to attempt to breathe one final time, I will bleed out on the floor, um, and that's fine. I think that's fine. Because of respect. <laughs> By the time this episode comes out, we'll have all found out one way or another. But it's like, 
there's a genuine bizarre air in the country where it's like, if I forgot, I'm not invited. It's fine. You're not you know, invited. I'm not no. invited to the funeral. You're, I'm not, sure, you're not on the list. I I'm sure think. I was a close runner-up, you know, but I wasn't invited to the Queen's funeral. No. Uh, but say I just wake up on Monday uh, and I just it just skips my mind. Like, I just I just forget about it for Could a moment. Happen. And I I pick up my um, my double ca- double deck cassette player with the large speakers, my ghetto blaster. Yeah, your boombox. Yeah. And I, I put that on my shoulder as you uh, always do. And I step outside, you know, and I'm feeling that I'm feeling that late September vibe. You know, I'm feeling yeah. Um, you got some pep in your step. Yeah, I'm feeling like uh, oh, the seasons are changing. Oh, it's great. And I pop my collar mm-hmm. and I press play. Pop your collar on your hoodie. And I just uh, you know careless whisper. And I, I'm just like really just blaring out careless whisper. Smashing that out. And I just uh, start strutting down the street as I, as I do on a Monday sometimes. It's ju- that's normal for you. Yeah. That's just me. That's you. That's me. That's you in a nutshell. Yeah. Now, is that respectful? No. No. <laughs> so um, there's that kind of air where it's like you don't honestly know if someone might just kick your ass because you forget. Yes. To, the, yeah. I see what you mean now. Yeah. It's like the whole nation is walking on eggshells, but the same people, which is everyone who is walking on eggshells, are also walking on another layer of eggshells, which is that they will violently attack someone else <laughs> who isn't walking on the same eggshells as them. Because nobody knows how to react. No, no one knows what's appropriate. And the only yeah. way that we can know what is the right thing to do is by kind of, kind of just doing nothing at all. Yes. If everyone doesn't do anything, and then if, if you see someone doing something, have a go at them and shame them into not doing the thing. Yes. They'll stop doing the thing. You'll feel, again, right, normality will have returned. You're right to not be doing anything at all. And then we'll just get through the day. <laughs> yes. Because and, technically, the Operation London Bridge stuff yeah. is only meant, well... For I businesses, know. isn't it? Well, state businesses. Pub- yeah, anything that's got public funding. But then at the same time... But that was more about like running an event or doing an advertising campaign or shouting out a thing or yeah. doing a, I don't know, music video or, 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 or a stage announcement or, or a comedy sketch or whatever on the days, those, yes. those days of London Bridge. I think just running your business and providing, I don't know, say, top of my head, healthcare for yes. people to live. Yeah. I'd say that's probably I'd I I I it's pretty bold, but I'd say that's okay. But I yeah. But it's weird because like even in the London Bridge plan, which I remember receiving some training on in my previous job, uh at GCHQ. At GCHQ, <laughs> you know. Uh when I worked for the Queen. Um and it was like on day The Q in GCHQ is Queen, I think. Mm. mm. GCH Queen. GCH Queen. Um when it was like, yeah, day 10. Yes. Because you get D-Day, which is the day she dies. Yes. And then it's like D-1, D-2, D-10 D is funeral, funeral. day. Mm-hmm. And it was a bit woolly because it was like the day of D-Day, they're like, all comms have to shut down. Right. Everything has to shut down. If you're a public institution, you have to go to like a monochrome branding. Right. Y- y- you know, whatever you've got scheduled on social media, cancel, cancel, cancel. But then the idea is that in the plan, it was like, it's then mostly business as usual Okay. from D1 through D9. Fine. So the world apparently should just keep on ticking. That's not been what's That's happening. That's not really what's happening. Not at all. No, it's not getting... E- not even close. It's getting bigger and weirder by the day. It is, yeah. And then you get like... Guinea Pig Awareness Week has been moved, John. And arguably, I'd be like, we need to be more aware of guinea pigs than ever. Yes. They've already claimed quite a high profile target, you know? <laughs> 
It's true. Yeah. I lay the blame squarely at those tiny feet. And then, but then it was a bit woolly because then it said D10 mm. will be like a public holiday. Yes, uh, which it is. Which it is. But there was also this wooliness where it said like, the country will effectively shut down. Right. But I'm like, I, I wasn't sure like, how, how, how are you just saying that because like... Oh, it seems to be that that's exactly what's going yeah. to happen. It's getting to the point where it's like, because we're working this weekend, I'm actually, it's actually thinking, are we going to be able to get food yeah. on Monday? No. No. I think, I think categorically we're all going without meals unless we have something in the chest freezer. Because Tesco's, they, they, they emailed me. They, okay. Which is kind of them, you know. Yeah. Again, don't have the app yeah. or they don't even have your details. They're like, hey, hey John. <laughs> uh, but, but, but unless I read their email wrong, because let's be honest, a lot of very hastily composed messages are getting sent right now by Indeed. corporations. It said they would be closed on the Monday. Okay. Of the, uh, sorry, no, sorry. The morning of the funeral. Oh. That's what I meant to say. So I got, got my M words wrong. Yes, it's hard. So they said on the morning of the funeral, they'll be shut. Okay. And I was like, that means you're open. I'm afternoon. inferring then that you'll be open in the afternoon. Well, don't jump to conclusions. But then Waitrose, who some, I don't know how the fuck they've got my email, they message me <laughs> and they're like, hey, John, just to let you know, out of respect, out of respect, we're closed the entire day. Maybe it's a one up thing. That's an arms race, isn't and it? And Morrison's like, we're going to be shut for the whole week. We're never opening. And Sainsbury's like, we were never open to start with. And CNA are like, who the fuck are we? And where, and where, why, why are we here? And, uh, what, what year is this? <laughs> they turn to ash, yeah. And Iceland is just like, just for mums, as always. Yeah. Just for mums. Um, Iceland's a supermarket in the UK, by the way. Yes. Just to, for anyone who didn't know what the hell I was talking about and thought I was talking about the country, which I wasn't. Did it, does Iceland sell anything that isn't frozen? Oh, I think they sell crisps. <laughs> Cold? No. No. Room temperature crisps and everything else is frozen. I think that's it. I've seen them sell crisps. I think that's it. Mm. I think that's it. So, it's weird. It's a weird time. Life is very weird right now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, I, I guess I always thought it was going to be weird. Um, and, you know, for the longest time, I think people in this country have been talking about... What happens when she dies? You know, either with a with an element of fear or an element of curiosity or a bit of both. Mm. Um, and I have been thinking, it's been coming up very much. She's been ill a few times over the last few years and people are like, is it now? Uh, and whenever that sort of conversation happens, I'm, I'm like, what the, what's it going to be like? Mm. Um, and it is it is completely different than what I was expecting, I think. Yeah. Now, some of it is like, oh, yeah, that's obviously going to happen. Like the obvious things. But I, yeah, it's been... In some ways, so much more than I thought, and in other ways, so much less than I mm. thought it would be. I thought there'd be riots. I don't know why I thought there'd be riots. Give it time. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, like, I think London in particular. It's just filling up at the moment. There's a bit of a bit of like a pressure system yeah. developing there of, of emotion, shall we say. People are just, I, I, like, the, the number of people I've talked to over this week, and I would say probably 50% of them are in some way or another going to London. And it's like, well, if that's representative of the country, 50% of the country is going to London, mm. then London is fucked. I think um, I, I've been I've been working, uh, doing some work at our remote office thing this mm. week. And uh, I think I've overheard the two great spectrums of opinion on it. Oh, here we go. Where I've heard one person, just I think, like, just casually saying, like... Uh, 
oh, I didn't really know her. You know, I don't really have much. I don't have much connection to it. I stayed up till five a.m. watching uh, um, Game of Thrones last night. You know, hey, we're check on the family. My understanding is probably one of them bumped her off. Whee, you know? And then the other, you know, here, over here, someone else, and they're just totally discussing like how you're going to get down to London. Yeah. Uh, you know, if we leave now, maybe the queue <laughs> will only be seventeen miles long. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Because it's up to like. If not five miles right now, four and a half miles long. So this is a queue that's been going for how long? Like in time? What I'm a bit confused by is that I didn't think her coffin had made it to London yet. Well, yesterday she processed from Buckingham Palace. Well, she didn't. Oh. But they carried her coffin from Buckingham Palace to Westminster Hall or whatever it's called. Oh, so she is in London. So she is in London. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that was a whole thing. That was that was like a whole day of television. Because BBC isn't doing any programmes anymore. Which B- is wild. BBC I didn't, is yeah. just doing live coverage. And they've even got one of those, you know, for sports events like the Olympics and tennis, they have those virtual sets where behind they oh, have like no. a green screen, which is just showing what's going on right now. And usually for like Wimbledon, it's like centre court and it's just a ball boy is like, I don't know, tidying up the courts or whatever while, while the pundits discuss, you know. The and matches. the pundit is like a kind of, it's he, like floating in this void. Well, they're like sat in, in what looks like a, uh, a room with like a coffee table in front of them, but it's clearly a virtual space. And then behind them is obviously a green screen. But what we're seeing is a view of centre court, right? That's happening. But for this... Right. So I saw a snippet because it was on in this place I was yesterday. And it was it was uh, a presenter, uh, some famous BBC presenter. I can't remember his name. And he was talking to a couple of people who used to be like uh, guards involved with queen related stuff. Right. So just like an ex guard or an ex usher or an ex whatever. Usher. Sort of thing. Usher was there. Uh, Usher himself was there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Very close to the British monarchy. Actually. Really close, yeah. actually. Surprisingly, yeah. I think he's actually in line to the throne. Um, yeah, and and then behind them, clearly a green screen, we're seeing a live view of like uh, I don't know the cenotaph, but nothing's happening. It's just London. There's just a few guards stood around kicking their heels, you know. But it's like live right now, watching the cenotaph. And then and then he's asking this usher guy, he's like, so, you know, when you were working as part of the Queen's staff, you know, what did you have to do? And he was like, oh, well, you know, when uh, when when I was involved, you know, it was a little bit different because uh, the Queen would, you know, yeah, have a kickabout with us, you know, play football out front of Buckingham Palace. But she's a bit older now. And uh, and obviously, like, she doesn't, doesn't, doesn't play with the lads as much as she used to, you know. And he was like, regaling, ca- not that story, because <laughs> that was a very silly made up story that I came up with then. It sounded convincing enough. I know. Well, I was kind of with you. Yeah, yeah. but he was like, he was like telling stories about what it's like to to and it was like punditry it was like sports punditry but they're talking about th- this yeah and it was nothing it was filler it was 100% filler it's it, i'm trying to like comment on something in a way that doesn't come across as um and here's the eggshells <laughs> indeed yeah. yeah uh i have um opinions sure these are the um royalty r- royalty uh, uh, concept of monarchs. I have I have opinions. Um, I'm also aware that um, uh, uh, as a nation, we appear to be going through some kind of um, primal scream therapy at the moment. <laughs> and uh, and I don't enjoy I don't enjoy upsetting people. No, I don't. I don't. No. I generally don't enjoy upsetting people. So I'm just like, okay, this is the time to be quiet. Yeah, absolutely. Know? Yeah. Um, and I know I'm joking around now. I'm, and you know. We're talking oh, yeah, about no, kind of stuff. Yeah. But I think I think what we're trying to get to really is like we don't have any issue. Yeah, yeah, she was a person, she died. It's never it's never a happy time when someone dies. That's sad, obviously. Um it's the it's the it's the it's the crazy not knowing how to react atmosphere yeah. that I think is more what we're talking about. Here. And it, and it's like this kind of 
24-7-nothingness um, co- yeah. coverage. Yeah. It's like a kind of... It's like the BBC is providing a service to people who don't really know they need it and wouldn't be able to describe what it is they want or need anyway. But they also think there should be something. Yeah. Like I think that's what I think that's what a lot of this stuff is. It's like it's like you, you look at the all the ceremony that's going on around the Queen. It's like there was a whole ceremony for a whole day of moving her coffin from Buckingham Palace to Westminster Hall, right? And that was that was not just she has to go there because of reasons, uh, logical reasons. It was it was ceremony. There was pomp and circumstance. There were people standing at four corners of where her coffin was in a certain pose, holding a sword. And there was a queue of people who were all doing certain things at exact certain times. And I think this kind of tradition ceremony is born out of the fact that if we if someone just dies and we just go, ah, oh, they're dead and we chuck them in a hole, it doesn't feel like we've done enough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's this sense of like, we didn't do enough. So it's like, what can we do? And over the years, particularly for the monarchy, because let's be honest, we've had these people for hundreds of years, that whole sense of we're not doing, I haven't done enough, has complexified and complexified the whole thing to the point that now we have all of these things we have to do. Like a guy has to stand there and he has to have that specific helmet on and he has to have that sword on his belt because that's what they did 600 years ago. Mm. And so they have to do it now. And I'm not saying that that's a problem. I'm just saying, isn't it interesting how I think it's borne out of the fact that we do this stuff because we feel like Otherwise, it won't be enough. And I think now that's extended to the TV coverage and to these posters in the shops. Everyone's afraid of not doing enough or not doing the right thing. So they just do everything. Being the one channel that kind of... Yeah. Because it's weird, isn't it? Because obviously we have a national public channel in the BBC. Independent, ostensibly. Ostensibly, but also kind of kind of paid for by the public. It has some commercial interests. But then we do have commercial channels... Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, okay, so the BBC is going to be doing the 24-7 news coverage and ITV and Channel 4, yeah, Channel 5 can do whatever, I don't know. But like, Does it the, even exist anymore? I don't know. Oh, God knows, yeah. But, it's like, but they'll be, I assume they would be doing the other scuff. Uh, like maybe subdued broadcasting, but maybe like yeah. s- s- you have to provide some alternative. Yeah, I guess. But, then yeah. I, but, I'm, but I'm like, okay, but... But on the big day, the BBC's the BBC surely is going to have primary access to film this, if not exclusive access. But then, are ITV and Channel Four just turning off for the day, or are they just showing the same thing? Like, will you be able to watch anything else? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's interesting because you think about big sports events. Sometimes both the BBC and the IT- and ITV cover them, and you just almost get a different angle on them, yeah. don't you? And it's like, will it be like that? I don't know. Is is the funeral day itself, which is Monday, of course, is that significantly big enough to warrant everyone basically running the same content for a whole day? Maybe it is. I don't know. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I now whether or not I agree with that is a different matter, but it could be argued if it's ever going to be one event, it's probably like the Queen dying and alien contact. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. really, like it's something that would cut across like all broadcasting. And this is the thing, isn't it, is that it's at the end of the day, this all is still governed by what people want. Yeah. And this is, I think, what people want right now. I think this is what... But that, but as you said, that's the really weird thing, isn't it? Because it's like, you can't ask people. No. Because there's no way of get it, working out what people want or need. And also, if anyone said they didn't want it, they would be blasted for that. Yes, they'd probably be like, you don't know what you're talking about, or you're so grief... Stri- stricken. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. you, you're not, you don't you're, know what you're saying. You're not thinking straight right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got a bit serious there, but it's a it's a weird time, and I guess it's a significant thing. Uh, I assume no, I know I've seen a photo of now, and this is where you forget that like, well, we live in Narnia, like yeah. because we live in a very weird country. We live in Hogwarts, but it's like oh. it, um, uh, in in the Crown, the mm. TV series The Crown, which I have watched uh, with Lucy, and which was entertaining as a work of fiction, sure, because it is a work of fiction. It's based, it's based on real life things. But in the first season of that, when the previous king dies, mm. he was a George on Edward. Yep. Yep. I'm going to take not? a word for it. Let's yeah. say Edward. Uh, why not? <laughs> uh, and um, there's a bit like after he dies, you get the whole pomp and circumstance of, but mind you, it was like 1952 or whatever, you know, so different time. Yeah. But there's a scene where in Westminster Hall. Hall? Yeah, I believe that's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, is that the parliament bit or is that the chat, the big church bit? It's... It's like it's like a big know. empty room. It's really weird. Yeah, yeah. But, but I don't anyway, know where it is. So there's a bit where, like, everyone, you know, the walks up, pays their respects, walks away. You yeah. know, the body's in state. Yeah, this is this. And yeah. then a, a a man in a fancy red, like, uniform, yeah, looking very British and official, with a big white stick. Oh yeah. Walks up. Ah, the white stick man. Yeah. Snaps the stick. What? Drops it on the coffin and then Very walks away. Disrespectful. And is that part of it? Well, here's the thing. And and we were like, what the fuck is that? Because they don't draw attention to it. We just see a guy walk on, break a white stick, and then walk away. Right. And we googled it, and a ton of other people had googled it because everyone's going like, what the what the fuck's up with that guy? And it turns out that like there are all these like old uh, like historic positions uh, which are still filled even today. But often don't really have like a like a function, right? So it's like, um, so say like uh, in the 1500s, they'd be like the Lord of the Chamber Pot or yes. something like that, because the king had a chamber pot. Yeah, and the, and, and the king doesn't move his own shit; like someone else is no, going to do it. Yeah. So then it's like you know, in the present day, there's still like the High Lord of the Chamber Pot or something like that. <laughs> Brackets pot. <laughs> pot. And it's like, well, who is that nowadays? It's like, oh, that's um, that's Jeff Bingsley. He's a he's a businessman from like Euston, yeah. uh, you know, and. <laughs> And you're like um, 364 days of the year. Yeah, he 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 gains a he gains a seat in the Lords and uh, you know and a and a standing salary of uh, twenty thousand on top of his personal income. Indeed, you know, and, and rightly and, so. And, and you're like, what does the job entail? Well, nothing. It's it's just a it's ceremonial a, yeah, thing. Ceremonial position. Yeah. But then it's like um, I'm going to get this completely wrong, but it's basically like the Lord of the not the stick, but like um, Rod, Lord of the Rod, or something like that. Rod Lord, Rod Lord, yeah. And it's like uh, the Rod Lord. Uh, Step and, forth, and you go like, "What the fuck does that do?" And it's like, okay, well, oh, technically, uh, nowadays they have some position to do with like, oh, I don't know, uh, trade regulations in agriculture or something like that. Of course, yeah. okay, fine. So ninety nine percent of their time, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, they do just nothing. They just writing emails about cows or something like that <laughs> and then when a monarch dies you've got to pick up a white stick and you've got to walk up to the coffin and snap it because it's like my duty is over I'm snapping the stick and wild and and I, I have seen a screenshot of BBC footage of the man with the big white stick doing it for this not snapping the stick but walking out of the building so clearly the dude with a stick is, is he's on it. the move he's, yeah well it's probably happened by now because they've done all of the pay the respects to the coffin in Westminster Hall, so that's done. Stalking the streets of London right now with that stick. Yeah, yeah. Hitting people who don't oh. cry the right amount. Um, yeah, 
We're a weird country. We're a very weird very country. Very weird country. Uh, yeah. Do you want to do the whole point of the show? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm going to hate. Go ahead. I'm oh. going to hate. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's entirely unrelated to all of this. Um, <laughs> it's for monarchy. <laughs> Shit. Go. Oh. Uh, that's a bit difficult. We'll cut that. It's all right. Yeah, yeah it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll beep out. Um, Logan Paul. <laughs> He's not the hate. <laughs> oh, well, I mean. I mean, uh, low hanging fruit, I feel. I know. That was yeah. easy, wasn't it? That was too easy. I thought I'd start there. Uh, Logan Paul, a YouTube internet celebrity. He's back. He's back. In he, pog form. No, <laughs> nobody cares about Logan Paul. He went quiet after he laughed at people committing suicide uh, in Japan. Um, and thank God he went quiet after that. He did that. Did you know that? Oh, I very much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people, me included, thought that he just didn't exist anymore. Mm. Like maybe everyone. I mean, we dreamed. Maybe when you forget, it's like fairies. You know, if you say those words, I'm not going to say that, but then a fairy dies. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was the same for Logan Paul. Turns out it's not. He's he's still been cracking on. He's moved, pivoted hard from being a dick to Pokemon cards. Wait, um, yeah, so, a quick uh, si- sidebar, Your Honour. Sure, no, go for it. Yeah. Uh, is, uh, Sustained. Which of the Logan pricks is it? Is it Logan? No, which of the Paul, Paul, pricks? Paul pricks? Is yeah. it is it is it Logan or Jake who boxes? Um, it's, it's, it's technically both. But I think the one who was known for it was Logan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Logan Paul, when he was a when he was younger, when he was at high school, and I think to a lesser extent college, uh, wrestled professionally. Wow. Because you know how you know how American uh, I don't know much about this, but American colleges sports is kind of like professional sports. Yes. So if you're on the football team for your for your college. It's kind of like you're in the Premier League here. Like it's it's wild. There's a whole college yeah, football league. Yeah, and there's people who say that actually college league football is better yeah. than the national league. Yeah, it's almost yeah. more significant for your career if you're on the team in your college. And I bet if you're studying architecture, you feel great about that. <laughs> I, I think it's really important. Oh, yeah. It's got to be good. Didn't to know try that. out for the team, but I can build a mean foyer. Mm, but you just shut up. But you sh- but shut up. Sh- Shut up. Shut up. Well, anyway, he was on the wrestling equivalent of that. Ah. So he's much more a wrestler, but he did some boxing in his time. Anyway, wrestling. Gre- Greco-Roman wrestling. Yeah, right? like, like oiled up on yeah. the floor, that holding weird, a man's like, foot. Like onesie kind yes, of. Yes, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Lots of photos if you want them. Logan Paul in a onesie. Loads of photos of that mm. online if you want that. Um, but yeah, so he sort of made a big career on YouTube for being kind of a shit he, there's like these, these eras of Paul, aren't there? The Paul Where, years. It, it's like um, dude on Vine. He was on Vine, correct. Uh, Good knowledge. I'd forgotten that. Yeah. With, uh, he, he was like, I hate to say it, moderately entertaining he was, on he, Vine. Yeah, he was. And you go like, okay, <laughs> this guy, uh, he looks like a big lunkhead. Yeah, he's got uh, that sort of. He's very muscly. He's very broy, but he's also quite good looking. So you're like, okay, I get it. I get why he's to have like a him. moderate sense of humour. Yeah, There's sometimes a, willing to pick on him, like make himself look a bit stupid. Yeah, is, but then some jokes do seem to be at the expense of his friend, who is a little person. And then yeah, you're like ah, uh, it seems a little. And cruel. also, some of the jokes yeah. seem to be like, look how muscly and cool I am. Yeah, yeah. But then, then he then he really blew up on YouTube and was kind of like it was in that era of when we were getting. Uh, the big YouTube celebrities and the YouTube houses where people were living in in with other YouTubers. Because he's got a posse, hasn't he? He has. The, the Low Gang, I think <laughs> they're called. Yeah. That's clever. Which is both his group of mates and also sick, every, all sick, his fans. Sick fans. Indeed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Anyway, so this isn't my hate, but this is just a bit of context. I think it's important. Paul. We have to like, yeah, you know, we have to lay it all out. Yeah, got to prime the pipe. Yeah. Anyway, so then he goes. To, he goes to Japan. Acts like a burk in Japan. Uh, laughs at someone when he finds them having committed suicide, which is absolutely despicable. And I think, certainly from my perspective, because I used to, I used to watch Logan Paul videos, like because I had this weird morbid fascination. Yeah. I hated everyone, and I yeah. hated him. I hate. I didn't hate him, but I like. I didn't I enjoy I what think, I was watching. I think it's okay to say it. I think it's okay to say it. Like we have a thing where it's like, oh, don't don't say that you hate someone. You don't know them. It's like, no. I, I think I do. Know I think him. I do know yeah. this person. I don't think there's much to. Um, but even then, yeah, like. Yeah, he was just a twat, basically. Yeah, and 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 I think to some extent, even he knew he was being a twat. Like that was kind of but his that's part brand. of the brand. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, um, but I think yeah, a lot of that spotlight went away. But I don't think any of his fame did because I think he still had the hardcore fans and he was still making shitloads of money. And I, I think people were still watching his stuff. But he seems to have pivoted hard from just fucking about and and making weird videos about random shit and flexing about how much money he has to Pokemon cards. Right. Now, that's already a raw subject because I feel he's dipping his toe into a world which... And this is my hate. Mm. This is my hate because there is a precedent for investment bros getting into trading cards slash geek things because now more than ever, but also generally, they are a... Um, a, a medium that that money and investment growth oh, occurs in. Fuck, you're right. I was I was I was looking at this going like, oh, I'm annoyed because this douchebag bro is stepping into geek territory, yeah. and appropriating it. But now I'm doubly angry because it's not that. No, it's a douchebag bro going. Oh, NFTs. These are a bit like that. I'm this a, is the yeah, exact same journey yeah. I went on. The first the first feeling is how dare you touch my thing. You know, I like Pokemon. I like trading cards. I like geeky shit. You are a fucking wrestler jock bro. Yeah. Who's you were, in, the, you were yeah. the kind of people who picked on us at school. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And now you you think you can come along and play uh, play my card game about little creatures. How how dare you? <laughs> you know, so there's that. And then and then there's the next layer to it where you realise he doesn't even give a fuck about Pikachu. It's a weird flex. He doesn't it? even give yeah. a fuck about all that because he just wants the money. And this was this was broiled up to a froth by his recent acquisition of the rarest and most expensive Pokemon card in the world. And he made a whole what could only be called a documentary about which was a documentary about really how much money Logan Paul has. Because the whole thing was the story about how he got hold of what is the rarest Pokemon card in the world. Yeah, because the best, I like a documentary. Yeah, yeah. I've watched, uh, in, in the last week, I've watched a very good one and I've watched quite a bad one. There you go. And, you know, people say like, oh, a documentary, just turn a camera on, shoot real life, that's all you need. But no, a documentary needs a narrative. Oh, it does. There's always a story to tell. It needs a beating heart on a thread and it gets it se- pulled along. And it seems like the punchline, the, the shocking denouement to uh, the Logan Paul documentary is that he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So he just goes, hello, everyone. I'm going to buy this card, and it costs... Five million dollars. Five, five, five million dollars. So it's not even that, like, he found that card no. and then goes, I can sell this card for five million. He just bought that card. Five point two five million dollars. Uh, what is this card? Weird. It's a weird card. It's called the Pikachu Illustrator card, right? Okay. And, and to be fair, actually, all I've watched is his documentary if I can even dare call it that. So 
this may not be a reliable source of information. There may be a rarer card, and he's just saying that the one he's got is the rarest. So by all means, correct me if I'm wrong. But according to him, sure, the rarest card was a was a uh, promotional card that was created by uh, an art challenge, and the art challenge was in way back in I think maybe the early 2000s, maybe even earlier than that. And the the gimmick was draw. A, Pika, a form of Pikachu, a variant of Pikachu, and the best one will be made into an actual card. that will Only be one? The best artwork. Yeah, no, there'll be more than one card. Yeah. But only one illustration will be chosen. But how many cards were made? Not many. Okay. Um, and beyond that, uh, like very few, I think. Like like potentially tens, maybe hundreds. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's an illustration. It's, it's a nice illustration, actually, of Pikachu. And he's got like a pen or a brush, I think. And he's drawing. And he's called Pikachu Illustrator. That's the gimmick, is that because this was an illustration contest, ah, right. the person who won drew Pikachu as an illustrator. Sure. Right. And again, very few of them are made. Even fewer of them are known to exist in the world. And they've all been, the known, the known Pikachu Illustrator cards are all graded by PSA, right? So they're all encased in that plastic and they have a certain rating. Um, and there's a handful of ones, a handful of twos, and there's a couple of fours, and then there's a nine known, and then there's a ten. And as a result, because the ten... So is a ten like, is like a hypothetical, perfect... Yes, no defects, has no never print air, damages, never touched nothing. that. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was removed from Booster. It was not only print perfect at that time, but then it must have been encased almost immediately in the plastic by PSA grading peeps, giving it a perfect ten, which is rare in trading cards anyway, right? Yeah. So because there are only a handful of them, and because there's only one ten... That 10 is the rarest and most oh, expensive card. So, so it's not that like every single one of these, even if they printed only 100, is worth 5 million. No, no the it's, 10. Only, it's only this. Yeah. Only the 10 is. Wow. Right. So he finds out about this and he wants to get hold of it. I must have it. Yeah, it's kind of just that. I must have it because I'm Logan Paul and I must have it. Not because he cares in any but, way. But it's weird, isn't it? Because it's like people go like, this is the epic story about how I came to acquire the illustrate the, the graded the, the illustrator the ten Pikachu. grade illustrator Pikachu, uh, Pikachu, Pikachu. But it's also like, uh, okay, what 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 was your secret to 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 this epic quest? Yeah, oh, I, oh, I, uh, I paid for it. Oh right, I paid a lot of money for it. I decided I wanted a thing, and I um I just I paid what they asked. So there is a wrinkle, because the guy who owns it didn't want to sell it. Didn't want to sell it. Logan only finds out that this card exists because he has an agent. Who helps him buy rare cards? Logan, yeah. baby, <laughs> got a got a got a scoop for hey, you. Hey, 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 boy! I got some good news for you, boy. <laughs> your phone, boy. <laughs> hey, boy. Um, yeah. It, at first, he's told that this guy wants to sell. Logan gets all excited, uh, makes him an offer of four million dollars, um, and then the guy changes his mind. Not because of Logan's offer, but just changes his mind. Actually, I don't want to sell it. I don't want to sell it. Change his mind. So that's kind of like the low point in the documentary. It's like, oh, he's heartbroken. I, I think he throws a shoe at a kitchen cabinet. That's how upset he is. <laughs> I think he does that twice. That's how upset he is. Yeah, they got it from two angles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it wasn't actually a different <laughs> throw. <yeah>. Spontaneously. <laughs> Spontaneously. <laughs> Sounds like I'm being facetious. He throws a shoe at a kitchen. That actually happens in the documentary. He, yeah. his, he takes his shoe off and throws it at his kitchen cabinet, uh, which is cool. It's a cool moment. Wow, it must be weird to have gone that far in life and uh, never actually not gotten what you wanted. I know, right? Yeah. It was genuinely like a tantrum, like a child having a tantrum. Wow, yeah. Anyway, Terrifying. Then, then, this, then his agent picks up and says, hey, hey boy, I got some good news for you again. <laughs> uh, turns out he does want to sell again, uh, but he, the price has gone up. It's not only five million. No, that's right. No, no he, the price has stayed the same, four million, but he will only take, he will only trade it for four million dollars and 
a PSA 9 Illustrated Pikachu. Oh. So what this collector, this mysterious collector wants is to still have an Illustrated Pikachu in his collection, but he's willing to give up the 10 to Logan. Oh, that's weird. It is, isn't it? I thought. Is the 9, is a 9 graded one worth... One million. One point two five million. Oh, so it is almost like a direct part exchange. So this is yeah. well, this is how he ended up paying five point two five million dollars for the PSA ten. It didn't cost him that. He had to buy a PSA nine first. Right? This is weird. I know. It's weird. So anyway, he finds PSA nine. It, no one cares how that happened because he's got one point two five million dollars just to throw around. So that's easy. He goes on eBay or whatever, I don't know, yeah. he finds it, buys that. <sighs> eBay. Would you trust Doing an eBay transaction for one point two five million dollars. It is weird what dollars. you can buy on eBay. I know. It's very it's bizarre. Fine. Yeah. Anyway, so he gets that. Then he flies to Dubai to make the trade, where he hands over a PSA nine and four million dollars. Of course, the dude's in Dubai. And the dude, we don't see him because he doesn't want to be shown, right? So he gets pixeled out at one point. We see him from a distance, but he is a again another full grown man, right? And that, and I'm I know I'm a fully grown man, right? But still. He doesn't give a shit about Pikachu. He doesn't give a fuck about Pokemon. This is a this is a man who's purely in this. I I, I know this. I only saw him. He's two pixels in, in the video, but I I know who this person is. He doesn't care about Pokemon at all. He just cares about the fact that this card is worth a lot of money, which it is, fundamentally. And he's he's just like Logan Paul. He's just another man with a shitload of money who is just trading off of this thing that was created for children to play in the playground with their mates. Do you know what I mean? Like, I shouldn't be so gatekeeping about it. If, if somebody no, wants no, to spend shitloads no. of money and these things go for that much money, like, I get it. But at the same time, it feels kind of obscene but and it, a bit gross. No, I think it's okay to be critical because it's like, these are not uh, normal people. And, and they're I, not fans well, either. I, but, but also it's like, you know, if you have elevated yourself to... Get, like, you don't even get in that room. No. If you don't have... Millions no. to burn. No, so no like, you certainly don't. And I think if you're in, if you're living in such uh, rarefied company, then you are you have opened yourself up to criticism. You are yeah, you're probably right. Legitimate yeah, that's to criticize your people. Fair. And it's weird, isn't it? Because it's like it's very easy to scoff. It's very easy to say like, oh, it's, how ridiculous. It's like I I'm, uh, you know, it's like if you're going to get angry about how how can a card be worth five grand then it's like well you have to get angry about a lot of other things yeah. like why is anything worth anything I'm not necessarily angry about no. a card being worth a lot of money that's not my I'm, issue no I'm, I'm with you on this like I'm kind of fascinated by it yeah. in a way I'm kind of because it's, it's, something is only worth what people are willing to pay for it Indeed. so yeah. arguably the card is worth four million because someone is will transact someone did yeah yeah. Um, I, I do find it kind of fascinating yeah at the same time um, I I do kind of feel that, like the kind of people who are making these transactions, it, it does feel very sad and lonely at the top. It's the thing is, I think you, you make a really good point. The, the kind of people who are making these transactions, the car didn't start out being worth four million dollars. No, it started out being worth a bit, and it was traded among people who care. And then eventually, it left the sphere of being the people who play Pokemon, collect Pokemon, yes. care about Pokemon generally, and it entered into oh the big boy land. It entered into the people who trade sports cars, the people who trade yeah. NFTs. It entered into that land. And the problem is, is that from there, maybe it entered into their land at around 500 grand. Maybe, mm, but yeah. it only got up to 4 million because of them. Like they, with their money and their big shop sports cars and all this shit, they, they push it way beyond anything. And now, if a really big fan, if someone who loved the Pokemon trading card game wanted that card, 
they just can't have it. It's not available to them anymore. It is left the yeah. sphere of the of the of the common man, and I'm not saying that sphere ends at five hundred thousand dollars, but that sphere, which is a lot smaller than that, it's left them a long time ago. And now these these objects, which really are theirs, are now completely inaccessible to them. Mm. And I think that that is the the shame. No, you do, you do make a really good point because it's like if you are uh, the kind of person who is so wealthy that all you can do is consider earning more wealth. Yeah. Like, you you cannot get wealthy unless you are already wealthy in yeah. this weird way. Then it's like, to you, uh, uh, buying a Pokemon card is no more or less ridiculous than having a collection of uh, Lamborghinis. Yes. Or, or NFT or... They're just things. Oil... Uh, stocks, yeah, you know. perfume. I don't know. It's like, yeah. Oh, I made my money in um, commodity trading. Yeah, and uh, but now I own uh, the world's most expensive Pokemon card. It's like, uh, okay, and, that's and you, weird. And we go, oh, that's unusual. Yeah, we go, oh, you're a big fan then. But they're yeah. like, no, it's just, it's an asset. <laughs> it's just an asset. Yeah, that's all that matters. It's and like, I, it's like buying gold or buying diamonds. It's like, it's exactly the same. And they've learned that the the, the new diamonds, I guess, mm. is Pokemon cards. Yeah, because we, uh, you know, uh, we 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 both dip our toes into the worlds of um, card games. Indeed, and. Um, We've commented on the past, like uh, Magic, Magic the Gathering, yeah. is is kind of seen as like the the world leader, yeah, the there's, gold standard, as it were. There's a lot of contenders, but there like, is. yeah, it's up there. And famously, of course, you have the Black Lotus, which is uh, the the rarest, most sought after after card in, in Magic. In Magic, and I think, uh, going on a video I watched, I think the most expensive Black Lotus that ever exchanged hands was. Like 40,000? Yeah, I thought it was in the tens of thousands. Yeah, we're in the tens of thousands, yeah. but not in the millions. Which I remember yeah. thinking, holy crap, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. And and it is. But it, but it's, it's interesting because that is a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it, it was weird that like the people who were talking about it, even the people who were willing to pay that much for it, had a kind of like respect yes. and veneration for what it meant in yeah. itself. You know? And there was even, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there was a, a famous guy who bought a Black Lotus to play with it. Yes. And that, to me, peak collector. Yeah. I'm like, you legend. I don't give a fuck about like mint quality. And obviously you want to retain your investment or whatever. I understand. But if you are prepared to give up £40,000 for something you want to play with fucking credit to you mate like that's wicked there's a dude and again uh, it's all coming from these these same videos by a guy uh, who makes videos uh, under the title of Riskic Studios yes really good actually very really interesting I would say even if you don't follow the world of like TCGs quite interesting in itself yeah R-H-Y-S-T-I-C Riskic yeah, Studios like, sounds like Mystic yeah. with an R yes and an H and an H and a Y <laughs> yeah but um, he uh, in that same video about like value and rarity and how much is something actually worth. Yeah. He talked to a dude who was a, he worked full time as a trader in, in uh, cards. You know? Oh, right. Yeah. 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 And he had a deck which he played with, which was entirely made up of some of the rarest, <laughs> most sought after games in the world. And he purposefully treated them like shit. Really? Because uh, he um, he didn't use a card sleeve, so he wasn't protecting oh them. God. He bound the whole deck in With an elastic, elastic band. <laughs> uh, and before every game, he would ripple shuffle them and he would bend the cards. I can imagine people yeah. like... <gasps> and some of the cards are falling apart. Yeah. Like some of the cards are barely a card yeah. anymore. And he says it makes people so angry. <gasps> But he said he Brilliant. did it. But he did it to make a point. Yeah, because he said these things are meant to be played with, 
And yes, this yeah. deck, if it had been pristine, would be worth thousands. thousands of thousands of dollars. Yeah. He's like, but no, I'm playing with it. And I'm also making a statement. Yeah. One of the greatest compliments I have ever received as a comic book creator mm. was when a guy sought me out at a show uh, years after he'd bought my first graphic novel. And he said, I didn't get you to sign it at the time, and I'd like you to sign it now. And he pulled it out of his bag, and it was the most battered, dog-eared, destroyed book I've ever seen. And I'd only drawn it, like, four or five years ago. Like, <laughs> what, have you, what have you, what have you been doing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what a life you must lead. And I made some joke about it. I was like, wow, that's, like, really beaten up. And he's like, oh, I read it all the time. And I was like, I didn't know that I needed that that was the height of yes. compliment that I could receive. But I was like, I was so touched that he cared so much that he'd beaten the living fuck out of it. Like, that meant such a lot. I And, and yeah, and, and not to jump on the bandwagon, I had that exact same experience. Yeah. Uh, at, uh, about a year, a year ago. Oh, there you go. Pretty much yeah. a year ago. Uh, um, when, a, uh, you know, a guy called Pete. Oh, I think I was there yeah. for it. Yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah. Pete, if you're listening, uh, Pete turns up and he has... A first edition yeah. of the first volume of Afterlife Inc. And he asked me to sign it. Literally the same experience because he said, I didn't get you to sign it at the time. And it was the dirtiest <laughs> fucking book. I, Pete, I don't know what you've done to it. It was yeah. grimy as hell. Yeah. And it was quite emotional. Yeah. Because like you put something out into the world and it disappears. I mean, a decade later, it finds its way back to you. And I, you know, when I first made first comics, you know, I would I would give them or sell them to friends and family or whatever. And they'd be like, oh, I'm going to keep this in pristine condition in my in my attic so that when you're super famous, I can sell it for millions of pounds. And when I first heard them say that, I was like, oh, that's a really nice compliment because they're 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 in their head. They're optimistically imagining that one day I'm going to be famous and that their thing's going to be worth it. But over the years and the realization that I was never going to be famous, um, that settled more as an insult because I was like, you're not reading it. Mm. And you're saying to me that at the first provocation, you're going to sell it. So the story and the artwork that I have spent ages on trying to make the best I could possibly make, you're not even going to engage with that. You're just going to wait until it's worth money for you. And granted, yeah, that probably means I'm famous. But the only way I'll have gotten famous is because of people liking my story, which you will not be one of, by the way. Oh, and I haven't just read to... it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to read it. That'll damage it. the yeah. mint condition quality. And what I love is uh, there's also the third kind of person uh, <laughs> who I've met indirectly uh, because I found your book in a charity shop. Yes. Yeah. yeah had that <laughs> it's as like well. somebody yeah. gambled. Oh, and great. Lost. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, yeah. Oh, this guy's going to be a big deal. Yeah. It turns out he's not. <laughs> yeah. Rayman has found Afterlife Inc. at a car boot sale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. Good work. Cool. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Another reason he's not on the show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I've got hate. Oh, hit me! Um, it's got a snappy title. I like snaps. The Black Mirror Effect. Oh, the show. The show. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, to elaborate, I hate that Hollywood media um, hacks. Shall we say? <laughs> shall we say? Uh, now have an understanding of what hacking is. Oh, okay. And I'm fairly certain it's not that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely it's not. Picture a man <laughs> uh, in a hoodie. Yeah. In a darkened room. In front of a mainframe. Uh, <laughs> at, at a laptop. Oh, okay. Tapa, 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 tapa. Yeah. Uh, and um, I don't know, uh, use the word anonymous because that seems scary. That seems scary. And uh, yeah, that's what hacking is. At some point, he will say the words, I got in. I've got in. I've got past their defences. I'm in. Now, I'm in. To uh, 
to clarify, because there's two there's two different tropes here. Mm. I'm not angry at the trope of shitty hacking. Okay. Uh, which we've seen a lot of in oh, Hollywood. Oh, it's brilliant. It's so good. Um, classic examples that spring to mind are the TV series Castle, yes. starring Nathan Fillion. And I think NCIS. NCIS. Or CSI, yeah. Famous scenes where somebody, the camera's panning and someone's tapping. Oh my God. They're, they put up a firewall. And someone goes, let me help. And then a second person comes onto the same keyboard. <laughs> On the same keyboard? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's funny. Yeah. Like, that's shit and funny. Very shit, but very um, funny. That's not my point. The thing I okay. hate is it's when a hack writer and filmmaker or whatever is trying to portray hacking not in that kind of funny, stupid way, but in that kind of like badass, gnarly, oh. this is what hacking is, dude. <laughs> but it's like, but no, it isn't. Mm. And, and I, I think uh, exemplified by I think at Alton Towers right now, or Thorpe Park, like uh, a, a UK theme park, there is now a Black Mirror um, experience. Experience. Mm. I was going to say ride. Yeah. But it's not quite a ride because you're not in anything. It's more like, well, it's more like an experience. Like yeah. Your your things are happening. There's screens. Things there's... happening to you. And the Black Mirror effect is that like now. Sh- shitty screenwriting shorthand is that hacking is like it's meant to be like oh welcome to our new interactive um, VR experience like step into this room and you know it's just like screens playing stuff like uh, you know uh, this is our new oh, the new cutting edge of uh, browsing the internet I mean, <laughs> yeah I was about to say and that and then there's just like a guy in a hoodie grainy stock footage of like a man in a hoodie going like I have control now yes yeah yes <laughs> We have your files. <laughs> we control you. <laughs> no, we are in. We are in. We are anonymous. Yeah, we. Um. Uh. We're, we're in. Uh, we're, uh, uh, the, the grid. We've got the. Uh, the mainframe is locked down, and uh, you're. Uh, you're in some. You're in some big, big trouble. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be bad for you. Yeah, and then. And then, so that, really good at this. <laughs> so that's like happening. Yeah. I, 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 and this experience, which I've got to say, maybe. It's maybe better if you're in the room. Maybe someone filming might on be a, worse. Something fil- <laughs> someone filming on a handheld camera does not make this ride look. Like... Is this an actual ride you've seen, by the way? This is like, real. Okay, this is real. And the uh, ride's called the Black Mirror effect. No, it's it's, it's just Black Mirror the adjacent the ride. Or oh, the, I see. Or maybe it's like Black yeah, yeah, yeah. Mirror colon backslash or something like that. Oh, I had a colon I... backslash the other day. <laughs> it was really bad. Um, Pebble dash the toilet. Yeah, wow. Uh, yeah. Ooh, core dump. Dot exe. Dot exe. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so it, the 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 ride, the experience appears to be uh, walking into a room, an empty room, and there are screens, and there's noise, and there's screens, and there's sound effects, and it's all effects. like playing, and then and then it's like, uh, please step into the next room for processing. And then a door opens. You go, well, okay. And then you I guess just walk, I'm going to. walk into the next room. And then another thing. And then more videos and stuff plays. So it's right. meant to be interactive. It, does, it looks a bit shit. It does look a bit shit. And then it's like, oh, I don't know. An AI is taking over and it's going to like wipe your brain. 
But then it's like another hacker cuts in. It's like, and now it's like a woman. She goes like, I'm trying to. I've only got a few minutes. I, I, I don't know. It's only a few minutes before they disrupt the signal. Um, I'm bouncing this off six satellites in orbit. Yeah. Uh, no, oh, my God. They're coming for me. Quick. Uh, route it through Buenos Aires. You know, no, we're down to 14 quadriflips. You know, because you've got to get out. You've got to follow my instructions. Uh, resistance is futile. You know, <laughs> we are the Borg. And I'm just like, yeah, all right. Uh, this room now. Cool. Yeah. yeah, what, yeah. That door's lit up. So I guess I'm going over there. Fucking yeah. hell. You must pick an option to choose wrong. Is, is it this one? Is it this one? Well, no. Is it the unlocks one? They both have fire exit right over the top. Yeah, the so other you have do- to legally do that. So. The other door is a drawing. <laughs> well, like, it might be that one. Yeah. Ooh. And, then, and, then, and then it's like, uh, I'm back. I, 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 um, I'm rooting my... Ex- I, I, I'm, I'm on a boat in international waters. Um, I've released a Trojan w- uh, worm w- virus worm, um, into uh, his system. I won't have long, though. I, I'm beaming a worm into his uh, uh, OS. And, and um, <laughs> uh, I've, I've got your back door. Uh, and then, like, another door will open behind you, and, yeah. like, this white light shining. goes, you've got to go now. Hurry! Um, um, I mean, I'll move with the crowd, I guess. Like, uh, okay. No, I have, no, madam, after you, please. No, after yeah, you, yeah. yeah. No, I, I do... No, I, yeah, no. Photosensitive... Yeah, no, I, I think um, I think this next room might not be for you. Yeah. yeah. Um, you go... You uh, you can actually... There's an exit no, here, actually. There's a um, fire exit, as I said. So you you've got to hurry! You've got to hurry! Oh, she's back. Oh, uh, okay. um, oh, um, <laughs> uh, cool. Um, yeah, no... Um, you made it! Congratulations! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, um, yeah. I had to let the guy with the Zimmer frame yeah. go first. So, I did, uh, kind of I mean, kindly a piss actually. I um, guess I did. I guess I did save the world by walking yeah. into the other uh, the other room. Yeah, I guess I did. So, um, um, uh, uh, no, please you go. No, cool. it's fine. Yeah. Do I get yeah. a photo at the end of this? Like yeah. me with the Matrix code behind me or something? I yeah. Don't know, I don't know. So, yeah, I get it, man. Uh, as exemplified by. Uh, what might be an entertaining ride if you're actually there? I'm sort of uh, surprised that if you're going to make a ride about Black Mirror, yeah, that it seems to be focused on hacking. Like, yes, I mean, I, I'm speaking from a real point of ignorance because I've never watched Black Mirror, but I thought that was a show about lots of different things. Like each episode was yes. almost like a random standalone story, so it's a bit weird that they're like, "Oh, let's do it about hacking." I, uh, it's almost. I, I don't know. I've only ever seen two or three episodes of Black Mirror. Right. Yeah. It's got... My understanding of it is it's got into that problem where it almost became a victim of its own success. Yeah, Because exactly. it was like... Um, I've got to be edgy and weird. And, and now it's like every episode is just, what if technology was a bit weird? What if what if Facebook was actually uh, like Hitler? Huh? Maybe our relationship with our... Maybe our relationship with our electronic devices is a little unhealthy. What if your kettle... Was attached to Bezos's IV drip, yeah. What if your smart fridge uh, was your dad? Yeah, Didn't think... <laughs> that sounds like a good one. That sounds yeah. a good one. Son, I'm a fridge. Son, I need more port salut. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that is that a metaphor, Dad? No, no. <laughs> I am literally low on cheese. Present. Cheese. <laughs> I went years ago. I mm. watched the very, very, very first episode that ever came out. Really? Uh, was the, that the pig? The pig one. one yeah, the, pig the one. national national anthem. I think it was called. Is that what it's called? Yeah, and. Uh, 
again, I'm not I'm not a Black Mirror purist. Some people might say I'm an idiot. Maybe they're right. Maybe, maybe um, they are. <laughs> but it was less about, oh, what if your phone was a bit evil? Ooh. And it was like, it was more like, um, what if what if our society has gotten to a uh, point where like... The instant you said the word society, I think I shut down. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, because I, I... It's not the kind of thing... I wouldn't rewatch that episode for pleasure. No. But I enjoyed it in a very, very, very dark way. Okay. It was kind of horrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because, Which I think was the point. Because of what it was... It, it made, I thought he did it really well. Mm. Like, it's dark as fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like... It was not like the the villain of that story was not your Motorola, you know. <laughs> that was not the twist. No, no. Um, the twist was that in our weird culture, uh, you could all, it became very likely and realistic that a public figure would be pressured mm. into doing something unspeakable. Oh, and he is kind of pressured by a hacker, isn't he? Uh, it's kind it, of a hacker character. Yeah, it's like ostensibly someone has kidnapped a, a minor royal. Yeah, and it's like that's uh, right. unless and you do like anonymous. Yeah, unless of. you do this thing on live television, uh, I won't release them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's he's kind of playing into that whole like it's the Mister Robot, it's the V from V for Vendetta, it's the uh, what is I yeah, it's that badass counterculture hacker, but like. I don't know, but like the hacker has to be like omnipotent in a way, yes. like impossibly so. Like, yeah, 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 like I, I hacked, I hacked your Facebook. Yeah. Oh, here's an embarrassing photo. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got some embarrassing photos on Facebook, I guess. Oh, yeah. I changed the traffic lights by hacking. Yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? Like, I um. Oh, your water's going to dry up now. There'll be piss instead tomorrow. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I guess I'll buy water then. I'll buy my water. Oh, your credit card won't work now. (laughs) I mean, Hollywood's got like a long history of trying to portray hackers Mm. in an interesting light. Yeah, I feel like Hollywood went from hackers are bad to hackers are the heroes. Hackers are cool. To hackers are cool, yeah. And and let's be honest, they're probably not. Like, yeah. if you know code that well, you're probably not, like, Keanu Reeves cool in no. The Matrix, you know? That was definitely a turning point for making hackers, like, rad. Because there was that, uh, famously, there was that movie Hackers. Indeed, there was. In the 90s. That's pre-Matrix. That, Pre-Matrix, yes. But they I- were all kind of losers. Kind of, weren't they? Bit grungy. Yeah, bit. grungy emo <sighs> kind of kids. But it was like... Yeah, it's like you couldn't be a hacker if you didn't also uh, go to, like, weird nightclubs and, like, yes. you know, do Listen drugs. Techno and, and, yeah, be really fucking cool. Yeah. Which The Matrix does to some extent as well. Yes. when he meets Trinity, they're in that club or whatever, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And then we had things like Swordfish. <laughs> With Hugh Jackman as a hacker. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. The less said about that film, is yeah. probably the best. Swordfish. Fuck. Oh my god. I don't even really remember. I've seen that film, and I don't even really. I couldn't tell you what happened. You've got to like. You've got to make it look interesting on the screen. That's the big problem they face all the time. And apparently, yeah. Mr. Robot, again, another show I haven't seen, is very accurate. What hacking actually looks like. Yeah. And it's basically just lines of text. And it's really boring. I just like. I'm finding it quite hard to articulate, but it's like I'm getting a little tired of us having gone through the phase of being like what we think hacking is and it's cool. Yeah. To 
now it's like hacking is like edge lordy. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, it's don't get me wrong, there's a lot of hackers in the world who are doing stuff which is edge lordy and dickish, but they can't all have an asymmetric haircut and wear <laughs> hoodies and live in warehouses. Like there, no. there's not enough with real a multi screen set. There's not enough real estate in the world. There isn't, you know. No. And also it's a big waste of a warehouse because they're typically right in the middle. Of this massive space, which yeah. they're not using the rest of it, and there's cables just trailing across the floor. Super Trip has it there, you know. It's like it's a weird setup. I just never want to have. Probably cold. It's like you've always got to be wary of those moments where, like, you think life or art is imitating just a bad cliche script because it's there'd be that moment where someone would go like, "Wait, you're Black Shadow? <laughs> you're a legend on the dark web." I, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, that ooh, that phrase you just said then, uh, really, it was like rubbing salt in a wound. Mm. That actually really hurt a little bit. I think there's a bit in Ready Player One where the main character realises that someone he's met in real life is someone he's met in the virtual yeah, world. It's yeah. like, you're Artemis? The legendary fighter and hacker of, like, you know, the Genesis incident? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I hear you bankrupted Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. Yeah, you look so different to how I imagine you look. Yeah, because I'm a person. You fucking weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, that that trope. And I think you're right. I think we've got to the point where someone once did a hacker as a guy in a black hoodie in a warehouse with 28 screens, and every other person who ever made a hacker in a story since then yes. was just like, I want it to look like that guy. And it's like, no one ever stopped to think, well, should we actually research what a hacker actually looks like? No, no, no. I want him to look like mm. that guy because that guy looked fucking gnarly. I feel like if if if, if my life would be... Just, it's good life advice for anyone, but I'd say like, <laughs> it, is, it is trying... If you ever find yourself in a bad movie, yeah. like you, you turn and run. Could happen. Because in that scene where two people in their button-down office job are like in the cantina, one of them goes, like, oh my God. You're like, you're Thunder Mask? You know, I heard about your the, white ibex. You know, your white ibex. You know the Burj Khalifa incident. <laughs> that was you. That was I'd be, you? I'd be the guy who, sit, who walks up to the table with a bagel and a coffee and he's like, nope. And uh, just does, no, like, I'm out. does a one eighty. <laughs> just like, nope, no, 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 that shot. I don't care. I'm already gone. I am no, no. Yeah, agreed. Hey uh, yeah. guys, this is getting like really just fucking stupid. It's, yeah. I'm gonna, um, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna bounce. I'm gonna check out of this. If that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> fucking bullshit. I'm gonna go uh, buy a cabin and live deliberately in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> like I am. I'll never connect to a smart device ever again. Yeah. Ah mm, uh, no, I agree. Yeah, it's bullshit. Shit. 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 I've got a love. Got a love. Yeah. Um. What's wrong? I don't you're know. Look, you, you're looking at me weird. We got a third beer, but this. Could yeah. Be well, the the beers were on a deal. Ah. And it was like three for a tenner. I guess we should pour one out for the Queen <laughs> and, and Chris Ray. Yeah. I, I don't want to... Yeah, we don't yeah, have any vessels, though, do no. we? You can just keep that beer, nah. unless you want it. You well, can start no, it. actually, no. Let's, let's, we that'll can share be, it. We'll pour it out. For and, Chris. And it's like, it's, it's for Chris. It's for Chris. It's for Chris. But you were looking at it quite longingly. No, you, you want a slice. it's not even like... No. No, okay. I fine. think I can survive. I'm going to drink some water. <laughs> My love is beer. No. Uh, <laughs> My love is very simple. Um, I love intro credits. An intro credit. An intro credits. Now, this isn't necessarily like I love every intro because some are shit. That's that's a fact. But I love the idea and the concept of an intro credits, and I will let them run every time when I'm watching a show that I've watched hundreds of episodes of. 
I will still want to watch the intro credits every time, if it's a good intro credits. Do you mean, like, um, <clears throat> not just the, the intro credits, but, like, uh, an elaborate title... Sequence. Sequence of yeah, music so, and so a perfect example and... of, of this and, and a recent tete-a-tete uh, uh, -tete I had with my wife over it is Star Trek Voyager has a very uh, dramatic and elegant uh, intro sequence of Voyager just flying through space, various spatial things happening around it. Um, and I love it every time. It's got a great theme tune. I love watching the ship flying about. It's exactly the same every time. Yeah. Love it. And I want to watch it every time. And I was like, should we just skip it? There's a little button that comes up on Netflix. and not like, skip, skip intro credits. And I'm like, no, we're watching it. Mm. We're watching them fucking intro credits because it gets me in the mood. I'm all ready for seeing like, oh, we're going on a space adventure. Let me get into my space zone in my head. The, the intro credits does, does, does it great. I love it. And then there are other ones that are like, like anime particularly, or animated content often has better animation in its intro credits than it actually does in the show itself. Because, yes. of course, they only need to make it once and then they can just play it every time at the front of every episode. So there's usually a lot of effort in that uh, and it looks really, really good. And then the rest of the episode is like, yes, all right. It's probably got a couple of moments where the animation's good. I think it's like in anime in particular, you're getting like some kind of banging J-pop. Banging J-pop song. Banging exactly. J-pop. Yeah, banging yeah. J-pop, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like like Fire Force, for example. It's a great anime. It's got, oh, I, it's got, I, I mean, it's got a great that's, intro what, that's what sprung to my mind. I know, exactly, yeah. right? That's really You should watch that. You should go on YouTube, dibbity boop Intro credits, Fire Force. Watch it. It's really good. So, yeah, I love, I love an intro credits. I, I will always, I don't want to skip them. I will always watch them. They're a part of the experience, and I think they should be watched. They're a piece of art. How do you feel about older movies? Oh, yeah. Which, oh, I see. Yeah, which don't have uh, an elaborate musical title screen, uh, title sequence. But they, they, they just open with, with credits. credits. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've watched a couple of... Um, You've watched some old westerns, haven't you? Uh, recently. Yeah. And classics, but they do have a thing where it's like, you know, if you were sitting in the theater yes, back in indeed. the day, yes. uh, the, uh, the energy would be quite low yeah. at the start of a film. Very low. Because it's like, oh, the film's starting. But there's a lot of names. And then it's like, set designer. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to spend a few minutes just learning who made the movie. Yes. Yeah, no, I don't like those. Yeah. No, those are not what I mean at mm. all. Um I watched recently. I watched The Naked Gun, mm. that silly film, you know, that silly movie, um, and that has an opening intro credits because it's an old film. But yeah. it's that classic one of the rooftop of the car with the siren yeah. on it, and it's going to all silly places. And it's like when they do it like that, and it's like a gimmick. That's very funny. That's very funny. Yeah. yeah. But in a way, in both cases, that when it's good, Naked Gun, when it's bad, old films like the Western movies you're describing, they are still kind of part of the film. And it doesn't pop up on Netflix to say skip because cause it's, cause the film's kind of begun. Whether you like it or not, whether it's a boring start or not, that's part of the film. Yeah. But when it's a show, when it's a TV show and the intro credits are the same every episode, Netflix goes, hey, you don't need to watch this. Let's get you, let's get you skipped. I'm trying to think because like, they obviously started moving. There was a big shift and they started moving the credits to the end of a movie. Mm. And then, then I think, was it like Rush Hour? was one of the first ones to do the big, like, um, here's all the bloopers, which we're going to play. <laughs> yes, over the credits. And then you've got a reason to stay. I think and, that was one of the yeah. first. Yeah. I'm trying to think, like, how all the, the Marvel products do it now, because they're like... Um, they tend to have a first third of credits are very visual, like animated. 
Yeah. So you get all the big names, and they are there popping on the screen with some cool animated effects. And then once the first, once the top up guys are done, then we just get a crawl on a black screen until obviously the inevitable end yeah. credit sequence. But do they still like? I'm trying to think what the etiquette for it now is. Like, if you start um, a big budget movie, do they still at the start get like a couple of? Do they still say like directed by? I. Uh, and then they do the full credits at the end or something like that. I don't know if they... I don't think there's any real, like, consistency anymore because I think you get all of the production companies' logos at the front, obviously, and then you get their production companies again, but now in words. So it'll be, like, a working title film by uh, published by Paramount. Yes. And it, you, get, you get it all said again, but this time in just words. And then it might say a... Uh, a Nick Angel film. Ah, before yes. the film starts. Yeah, and then at the end it will say. But then it will say directed by directed Nick by Angel. Nick Angel. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, Academy Award winner Nick Angel. I tried to watch a documentary on Netflix the other day. Yes. And it was about Brian Jones, who was in the Rolling Stones. Oh, okay. I'm not a big Rolling Stones fan, but I thought this could be interesting. Yeah. Could be talking about the '60s and whatnot. Um, and the moment I pressed play, I got a really bad feeling. Really? Because it kind of opened... <laughs> Red flags straight yeah, away. Yeah, it just opened with the credits. Right. Which is fine. Yeah, but, but it's already... also like, yeah, are you trying to say, I made this, look how great I am? Well, already it just seemed a bit old-fashioned, even though it was a relatively modern documentary. And it was like, uh, you know, okay, okay, so they're playing some music and... We've got the credits, and we, this guy made it. Okay, that seems cool. It seems a bit cheap. Like, yeah. it's just like a still image and like a bit of. And then I was already going, like, ah, this seems like a weird way to spend the opening two minutes of your mo- of your thing. This isn't dynamic. This is interesting. And, and, then, uh, and then we just cut to like a farm, <laughs> and we get like a load of panning shots of this farm. And then it's like, um, Brian bought this farm in 1964 I'm 17 I... minutes into this thing. I'm I'm done like, I'd quit right then and there I learnt nothing wow so boring yeah don't, well, don't do that no, don't do that don't open with that well it's like a lot of these big TV shows these big like flag flagpole kind of events they've made a whole like a, yeah. a, a work of art well I I think Game of Thrones has a lot to answer for here mm. because I think like Game of Thrones was probably the first show that was like hey we can turn our intro credits into some like, like something like a work of art. Mm. Like there's no, there's no better phrase for it than you said. You said it, work of art. I never watched True Blood. No, neither did I. No, it's like a slightly earlier big budget TV show. Yes, but I, th- I think the studio that made their opening credits because that was outsourced to a particular team, which I, I'm not familiar with. This, this is all anecdotal. They won some kind of award oh, really? for, for just for the title just sequence. The title yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember Daredevil mm. had a sort of like pouring red blood, blood, yeah, yeah. over objects. A lot of blood related yeah. to the show. Um, I'm trying to think of other Westworld. Westworld was yes. quite good. That was yeah. good. That was like yeah. making people, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah like uh, he's a vulture. What does that mean? Ooh. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. Sandman doesn't really have one. No, we just get the title uh, and a moon and then it just starts. Yeah. It kind of made a big thing of its end credits, though, Sandman, with different, very Dave McKean-esque artwork. That is true, yeah, yeah. 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 
I guess um, like you can subvert it now, can't you? Yeah. It's like you know you either go big budget or now you just go like it's uh, it's my show. Rings of Power is really weird. It's got an intro sequence. You know when you put a load of sand on a speaker and it like vibrates into weird patterns. Yeah. Yeah, that's the intro sequence to Rings of Power. <laughs> Pounding techno. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's really odd. It's like the music's really gentle and sweeping fantasy, but all this sand is like moving around into weird shapes. I don't know what that means. Yeah, it probably means something. It's it's funny, isn't it? Because like they all be a lot of these shows got very like um uh experimental and interesting and, and genuinely it was like uh the the intro the title sequence became almost more interesting than the show. I think in a lot of cases that's like, true. It yeah. was like how are we going to come up with like a weird artistic interpretation? Like uh, yeah. like Daredevil. It was yeah. like uh, very much so statues and uh, buildings, New York and... landmarks, but like there's blood, yes, like dripping all over them. Yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. Um, okay, very striking. Like you've taken a thematic thing, yeah. uh, but then very like, arty. But then a lot of his shows would be like, uh, okay, how can we do it? How can we? What's the what's the what's the hook gonna be? Uh, and then they would. It's like a like a like a low budget James Bond intro where you 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 take one element of the show, just blow that up. Yeah. yeah so I, I'm, I'm, I am uh, amazed at the Rings of Power. It's not just like uh, molten metal. Well, this is the like, weird thing yeah. because it's. I thought it was gonna be. Yeah. Because they released this like, hey, this is this is as a teaser. It's like this is the intro sequence, and it was like pouring molten metal into grooves in wood. And it was like close up. You could see the metal and sparks. Yeah. And then you zoomed out at the end and it said rings of power in metal. Yeah. And I was like, right, obviously, yeah, that's going to be. And then and I was like, ah, right. So that's the teaser they've shared. That's what it's going to be. And then, no, that's not it. It's just sand vibrating into patterns. Uh, is it entirely possible that you will reach a point in the TV show where sand will suddenly be very relevant? Very relevant. And you'll go, ah, of course. That was it. Yes, yeah, that was it. No. But it... <laughs> <laughs> but it is like that. It's like you could, um, there could be like a thing where like in episode eight, this one character eats uh, eats a peach. Yeah. And, but, but of course, like they'd film the entire show and then a studio would go, let's make a title sequence. Let's watch the whole show. Let's pick on one what, tiny one aspect. primal uh, <laughs> avataristic element from the show. And then it's like episode one, just peaches. Yeah. But like in a really weird, like. Well, it's what? like really close up over the surface of a peach. Yes. So it looks like a landscape of a planet. Yes. And yeah. then, and then it, you're panning around, getting all these weird shots. And then finally, the final shot, you pull back and it's just a peach on a table with a bite out of it. It's like, wow. I, yeah. I can no, see that. We joke about. I can picture that. I can totally. It'd be like, that. how can yeah. we make the surface of a peach look like a land? Yeah. You know. Uh, oh, the. the oh, what am I looking at? The stem is like a. It's like a tower. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. The pit is like a like a brain. You know. Yeah. It's all symbolic. What does it mean? Oh, now here's a bit of juice running down a. So yeah, it's all symbolic. What does it mean? It doesn't mean anything. But if it literally looks, nothing. If it looks yeah. like it's symbolic. Yeah. Then everyone will be like, it's art. Yeah. It's definitely oh my art. God, I guess deep down, like all peaches are a lot like. Um, the human condition. The human condition, yeah. And then, and then the final shot is like, no, it's a peach. It's a, <laughs> you know, you idiot. You shatter all the illusion. No, no, it's a fruit on a marble table. Yeah. Crunch. Enjoy it. The show's called Crunch. I think Samwise Gamgee just waddles on and goes, ah, oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But saying all of that, I love it. I watch them all. I watch them every time. The, title, the title sequence is uh, a four minute, incredibly artfully shot, uh, like close up, lot of CGI. Uh, of the of this peach, yeah. you know, we're we're really getting in close. And by the time you've seen episode eight, the peach will make a lot of sense. I know, you know? it's the peach, yeah. and it's four minutes, and that's quite long. It is but long. It's beautifully shot. The it's music is incredible. Probably worth it. And then the final shot is of a peach on a table, 
and and the camera just like pulls back slowly and, and the music just fades out and the titles kind of come up and then the titles fade away and it's still silent and we're just focusing on that peach and yeah. then you hear footsteps and then the footsteps get closer and closer and closer and then Samwise Gamgee mm. walks on the screen and goes hello <laughs> and then he just picks up the peach sits on the table and eats it in real time and we watch him eat and that takes another peach. four minutes yep and, and this and is the, this is the title sequence still the title sequence that we get every there's no every there's no audio no no like uh, the only like no music rather the only audio is the diagenetic sound of of Samwise Gamgee. And what's weird as well is that the show is set in modern day. Yeah. In the real world. Yeah. And the w- weird thing is why Samwise Gamgee there? And uh, I don't have an answer for you. And you should shut up. <laughs> Come think of it, the crown did this as well. Did it? I'm trying to, th- not with the peach, but like... Well, uh, <laughs> with Samwise Gamgee. <laughs> Samwise Gamgee. <laughs> but it's like... Uh, I My think... guess for the crown would be at close-ups of the crown. Yeah, and jewels, yeah. And like the crown jewels. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think it is. It's like, yeah. uh, but but like really like macro, yeah, like panning, like what am I looking at? Is that a diamond? You yeah, know? or a ruby? <laughs> yeah, is that a blood diamond? You know, uh, <laughs> uh, and then yeah, and then it's just like, oh, it's all CGI. But what's happening? Oh, is that is that filigree? You know, oh, and then the fi- and then the final shot, of course, the camera pulls back, and, and there it is. Yeah, Hang Zimmer's score kind of drops out. Is it Hang Zimmer? I think it's Hang Zimmer. Yeah, oh, Lord. Yeah, there you go. I mean, it is the Royals. Like you've got to. I guess you've got to go, go big. Yeah. It's good enough for Batman. It's good enough for well, true, you know, Philip. Yeah. <laughs> the modern day Batman in many ways. <laughs> I've got love. Yeah. Uh it was going to be um The Queen. The Queen. But then but she she's died. Dead. <laughs> uh it was going to be uh, uh the Mega Drive. Oh. Because yeah. we've got a Mega Drive working in the house now. Yeah. And it's delightful. But uh I purchased Sonic and Knuckles. Did off you? eBay. Off of eBay. And I played uh two levels of it and then the controller broke. So now you huh. cannot go right. Oh, you need to go right. That's and the, fast. the main way yeah. something goes. It's right. It's quite hard to do much of anything now. Yeah. So that's not my love. My love <laughs> is my love is uh, a degreased bike chain. Oh. Oh. Uh, I didn't know you were going to go sexy. Well, here's the thing. I'm not prepared. Maybe I'm being metaphorical. Uh, or, or maybe I'm talking about a bike chain. I think you're probably degreased. And we won't about, know. Yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. know. Um, so uh, I've been uh, riding a bike now for about as long as I've been married. Okay. Uh, five years or so. Are you married to the bike? Uh, I'm married to the road. Yeah, true. Uh, <laughs> I've always said that about yeah, you. The bike is just my mistress. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, it's good though. It's good, yeah. No, um, but I, uh, Lucy and I got married in 2018. Sorry, just Chris Ray's not here, so I've got to make weird audio. I guess you have to, yeah. yeah. Uh uh, I started a new job not long after. Uh, bought a bike because yep. I could cycle to work. So I've been I've been riding my bike uh, from like 2018 to well, pretty much the present day. Yeah. So nearly five years. That's a long time. Uh, and it's solidly, good, it's a good bike. You're riding it now. It's a good bike. Got a lot. Of, yeah, doing doing an, <laughs> a, an ollie. <laughs> uh, got a lot of use out of it. It's great. Uh, rode it for six months without putting any oil on it. Okay. Uh, got a bit crunchy. It was a bit hard to do anything Ooh, with. Oh, a crunchy bike. And then, and then a bike man was like, you may want to consider occasionally or at all oiling your bike. Just look, just look after it. So I started oiling up my bike. Okay. And it's great. I and mean, then it's a delight. Brilliant. And then recently, just recently, the bike's been getting a little, um, uh, like, a bit of difficulty, like, changing gears. 
No, you know, you like a little scrunchy. I was thinking like, oh, yeah. the bike might be dying. Like there's a couple of watsits in the system somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or something more substantial. Oh, like, like a monster a quaver. Munch. Oh, yeah. Okay. A quaver. Get, <laughs> shut up. A quaver. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm Nick Angel. A skip is a substantial crisp. Yeah. Shut up. They fill me up. One Fuck quaver, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, your bag. <laughs> One family bag. This man's fine. <laughs> Yeah. 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 A crate. A crate. <laughs> a whole crate, aka 4.2 grams. Maybe not. Skips. <laughs> a lot of nitrogen in every script. It's a huge amount, yeah. Um, but then this Monday, I was like, uh, I need to pop into town mm. and uh, and uh, uh, run some errands. Mm. And uh, being I'm now a man of a man of my own time. Indeed, you are. It being um, unemployed. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do this in the middle of the day because I can. Fuck, that's and, a flex. And, and just out of nowhere, got into my head, don't know where this came from, you should clean the bike chain. Oh. Okay. I don't know where this came from. Don't know where yeah. this came from. So I did a quick Google. I was like, Google, Google, Google. How, how, how do you clean a bike chain without buying uh, a whole anything? new bike? Because as I said, unemployed. And uh, <laughs> I was like, um, I saw that WD-40. Ah, yes. The now, other favorite. Uh, I don't know much. But I know that I always have a can of WD-40. I've got a WD-39, but I haven't got a 40. That's not true. No. That's a... What is WD-39? I don't know. I'm guessing there's other ones. Presumably 40 yeah. of them. No, it'd be amazing. 39 is delicious. Mm. Yeah. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah, 39 is an incredible low-fat spread. <laughs> like, yeah, It's yeah. lovely. <laughs> it's like a margarine. It still comes in the same can, though. <laughs> Squirt it out. Uh, so, uh, and apparently WD-40 can do it. Brilliant. Because I didn't want to buy, like, I'm not going to buy an no, expensive, fuck that. expensive bike degreaser. Yeah. I'm unemployed. Uh, <laughs> so you keep saying. So I ended up spending um, half an hour or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I basically, like, looks at, turned my bike upside down, looks at the chain. It it did look a bit kind of like... A bit uh, monster. Not at the chain, but also like the... Um, the cogs and the gubbings and yeah. the, you know, technical terms. Like yeah, the, like the those. ratchets and stuff. And yeah. I was like, it looks a bit slimy and yeah. everything because the, the the point being like um, oil's great right gotta lube up that bike you've got it but also like uh, all, old oil that you've had lying around you know uh, dirt and grime and right dust might get into it and then I just add more oil because you don't you know so I'm just adding layers you know? yeah and I was looking at all these like nasty gubbins and you know I, I spray some WD-40 all over it you know uh, gave it a bit of a rub down and I was like eh, yeah, it seems to have like taken a bit of grime off. I can see a little bit of shine now on the on the okay. chain, but I was like, I just don't, I, I just don't think there's much to uh, to take off. To be honest, I think it just looks a little, just looks a little grimy. It's fine. It's not no big issue. I mean, job done. Go, you know, get my screwdriver out, and I'm like, you see, look at this. Like, you know, I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't. But yeah. I'm, I'm poking at like the the <laughs> gubbiny bit that the chain goes around. I'm like, yeah, look at it. You see, it's all just like uh, solid plastic, isn't it? Or metal or whatever. And then I was like, oh no, wait. That's that's not that black bit, that's got metal. Oh no. That's like five years of grime. Like built up in like a like a, a carapace. Oh my god, really? Yeah, so yeah, like I So then I kinda of like uh, pressed in with the screwdriver and it just went like a centimetre in. And I was like, Whoa. oh, okay, I think I see the shape of the job now. Right, yeah. So I then, I did spend about half an hour, 40 minutes, just digging out shit oh, from the gubbings. I bet that was quite satisfying. Yeah, it was very dirty, yeah, but it was, but dirty it was good. Boy. Yeah, dirty boy. Dirty boy. Papa cleans his bike today. <laughs> <laughs> but also it's like, you know, the, the geared bit, you've got like, a, it's like a 
small gear, big gear, bigger gear, you know, and the chain's meant to hop between them. Indeed. And every funnel, every crevice, <laughs> you know, every ass crack between yeah. the things. Just like mine. Was just uh, caked with this kind of black grease, just which like was mine. the exact same colour of a metal. Exact same colour <laughs> as the surroundings. And, um, yeah, I was, like, you know, jamming this screwdriver into the gully and, uh, you know, kind of, like, just stick it in, bend it back, and just flicking out great big, just, like... Dollops. Like, dollops of the crap. Wow. And it's, like, strata. It's, like, I'm going down layers. And it's, like, Holy what's crap. that? It's, like, grass and, like, shit in this. So... Fuck. I've got to say, like... Uh, no wonder your bike's been grunchy. Like a like a very satisfying colon backslash. Uh <laughs> Like, episode. It felt incredibly good and dirty and nasty. Nice. But at the end of it, I was like, oh my God, I have gears again. I don't just have this big, like... Single cog. This big <laughs> single piece of, like, uh, you know, um, earthenware, which I've spun <laughs> on, a, on a wheel, you know. Uh, I now can see cogs. Like I, and yeah. no wonder it, the thing was, like, hopping gears and stuff. It was because, yeah, it was like, like a terracotta urn, you know. It wasn't... It was... Um, so... Or maybe this is all a metaphor. I don't know. It's not. I don't think because you were very specific about your yeah. bike and digging but shit out. Of but your maybe, bike. but maybe also like the the grease is um, uh, shame, and uh, well, I guess you know, it should be a little bit of shame. The cogs yeah. are like um, you know your psyche. Yeah. You know. No. Well, I don't think it is though. What I mean, I know you don't know for sure, but I think I know. What everybody needs, right? Uh, and because I, I, I think like this lesson is applicable to many situations. Sure, maybe. If anyone if, if anyone listening feels they've got grease in their gears, ah. uh, you need um, a screwdriver, which in this context is... Um, Therapy. Uh, uh, no. Um, uh, Self-actualization. Oh, right. And some WD-40. Which is? Uh, beer. Right. And uh, <laughs> and you need to go to town. I don't think those, this is good advice. Coughs. Yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah, yeah com- no. combination of self-actualization yeah. and beer, which is hard yeah. to say when you've had a beer as well. The important thing is like, you need to let that build up for five years. You, don't, you definitely need to let that build up for five years. You must not do anything healthy. No, because uh, where will the satisfaction be yeah. with excavating that yeah. shame and that guilt? Where will the satisfaction be if you just do it after a couple hey, of minutes? Hey, if I if hey. I say if I say like five minutes could deal with a small problem, I'm not a hero. That's I'm not a, satisfying. I'm a sensible person. Yeah, but, but if I like you're a guy managing your day to day troubles. Yeah, but if I but if I if I try to you know take down a, a a mountain that's been developing for like ten years. Yeah, you know now I'm weird Uncle Barry who's having a breakdown at the family reunion. You yeah. know, and that's heroic. But who's laughing? Yeah, Uncle Barry's laughing. Yeah, in the shallow end of the pool. <laughs> Barry's doing great. He's doing you know, really yeah. good. Well, he's yeah. not, but no, he's not. He's unemployed. But everyone's but again, talking, that's another. Everyone's parallel. talking about him. Everyone is talking yeah. about Uncle and, Barry. And what I'm saying is that's heroic. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's heroic. Yeah, he, yeah. Bottled, he bottled it up for ten years, and now he has something to chisel away. Yeah, de- what do we have to chisel away? Degrease your cogs. Well, actually, he turned it into something. He turned it into something metaphorical. Thank you. Degrease your cogs. Degrease your fucking cogs. But also in a non-metaphorical sense, in an actual physical sense. You really should degrease your cogs. And now I can see the metal again. It's shiny. Wow. It's great. Yeah. So now and then... Maybe you've degreased it too much. And then you lube it up. Oh, okay. So now it's it's, it's like a dream. Oh, wow. Cycling is a delight again. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. Still unemployed, though. So that's fine. (laughs) Uh, What do you think won? One of them had to. One of them had to. Yeah. I... um... In these dark times... I still think it's probably hate, actually. Mm. Uh, despite the loves being heartfelt, 
I think yours was confused with being either a metaphor or reality. And mine, the more we talked about intro credits, the more I realized that some of them are shit. Um, mm. <laughs> so, but I still really hate bros ruining my Pokemon cards. That was a really strong hate. Mm. Like, there's part of me which feels bad because I'm like, uh, as a nation, we need to heal. We do need uh, to, right now especially, yeah. 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 And the twin ravages of like Logan Paul and the Queen's, you know, Passing. death. I'm not saying the two things are connected, but we don't. Yeah, know. I've not seen any evidence to suggest they aren't. Exactly. Uh, you know, we need something positive to take us forward. But this was not it. It wasn't it. No. No. And he's a massive prick. <laughs> and maybe the biggest sign of respect of all is is the fact that we don't champion love today. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Because let's not walk on eggshells on this. Yeah. Let's be hateful. Sure, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's what I meant. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. Double down.